There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 41 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Merchant, here with you with your October Rundown episode. We're at the end of another month here, the very first year of the show, and uh, we've have, we have almost gotten to 12 of these. And uh, yeah, at the end of another month here, so I am here to tell you what is going on in music, some music news, new music coming out, and uh, just kind of what I've been up to and whatnot, all that, all that fun stuff. That uh, you've you've come to expect from these rundowns, and uh, you know hopefully you enjoy them. I like doing them at the end of the month. It's kind of a fun way to just talk about what's going on in the show and uh, outside of the show, and uh, kind of run down what's been going on and everything. You know, that's the whole point of it. And I am very excited to be here. I actually just got done recording a bonus episode, which uh, will already be out by the time this episode's out. But if you listen to last week's episode, the uh, you know it wasn't the main point of it, but I did talk about waiting for my replacements. Please to meet me box set. I was not a happy camper. If you uh, have listened, and a few days later after that podcast, it showed up at my door, and uh, I was a happy camper at that point. And uh, the thing is great. I I've been able to dissect it, listen to it a couple times. And uh, really enjoy it, so I decided to do a little bonus episode, uh, just doing a review of it, giving a little kind of a rundown like this, all about the box set, what is on it, uh, you know, get a little review if it's worth checking out. And uh, I will tell you now, I will, uh, I mean, still go listen, but uh, yes, it is worth checking out. Uh, definitely a great box set. But yeah, I did that as a bonus episode, and because uh, I didn't want to do that as the main one, I'm like, if you're not a replacements fan. I, I did like a 45-minute review, so I'm like, I could put that up as an episode, but I'm like, I'll kind of do that as like a nice little added bonus, you know, just for just for other Replacements fans. It's one of those things. For like other people who love that band as much as I do to just listen to it and be like, oh, hell yeah. Like, I, I guess that, that that's all I can hope with that is that you listen to that and just audibly like blurt out hell yeah while listening to that podcast. But uh, if you're a Replacements fan or if you're not and you just want to listen to me bullshit about Please to Meet Me, uh, one of the greatest records of all time, go check out that little bonus episode that came out a few days ago. And, uh, yeah, I just recorded that, uh, and now I'm recording this. This is a podcast two for the day for me. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. I uh, am also – I got to edit. We're going to have here it – won't, it won't air um, until next week. But uh, Steve Neurotic, also, if you listen to last week's episode, I talked about uh, Steve Neurotic, who was supposed to be last week's guest, and I screwed that up. That was my bad. But we did reschedule everything. We did the interview. I had an absolute blast talking to him. It was so much fun, and uh, and I think I redeemed myself. Uh, I, I think I sound a lot better this time. He was great the first time, so he didn't really need improvement, but uh, I, I did. I uh I don't think I'll cringe listening to this one. I uh, I listened back a little bit to edit it, and I, I wasn't cringing like when I was listening to our first interview four years ago. I uh, I think I've gotten a tad bit better, so uh, I, I was happy about that. But I mean, we talked we talked like an hour and a half on air, and I mean a, a bunch before and after. But uh, a really nice uh, in depth interview talked about the the record. And just everything else going on in life with him and uh, tons of stuff that I wasn't expecting either. 
a lot of good stuff. Some insightful things about the, his uh, music. I mean, some very a couple serious moments. Um, some funny stuff too. It was a nice kind of nice all around uh, just conversation with him. It was good to catch up after uh, four years. You know, we talk we talk online. It's not like I've had zero form of communication with him in the time, but you know that that was the first time uh, really talking in depth like that. You know, since our last interview. So blast to do that, but. I did have to go edit it, and a huge big fuck you to uh, Apple, and I have, I don't even know what number iPhone this is, and uh, this is not a video podcast, so you can't see me holding it right now and looking at it with disdain, but uh, yeah, as you probably know, there's no fucking audio jack on these things, and uh, if you've also noticed, I do a lot of phone interviews on this show, so I use my phone quite a bit, It's, it's pretty important to the show. And uh, it's always been fairly easy to uh, hook up to to a uh, mixing board and just do that way. Like literally like one cable I need. An RCA to an eighth inch and I would be good. And then Apple decided to get rid of it and put one of those stupid fucking adapters that you got to get. that They also don't give you. They say, fuck you, there's, no, there's nowhere to put your headphone jack now. But you can pay us money. And we'll give you this if you don't want to buy expensive Bluetooth headphones. And I don't want those anyways. They And those little pod things always fall out of my ear. I think I'm missing something in my ear. They, they, they do not stay in my ear to save my life. But, uh, yeah. So you have to buy these goddamn things. And it has been, I mean, it has messed up a few interviews now. For one, I literally was supposed to, I mean... It messed up our interview with C.J. Ramon. If you've noticed, he wasn't on this year. He was supposed to be on earlier this year. We had, we had everything planned. It was all booked. And like 30 minutes beforehand, I realized I had nothing to record with. And I I mean, I was so pissed. And uh, yeah. And we tried, we tried uh, booking. I, I probably should uh, hit him up again because I would love to have him on. But I mean, earlier this year, uh, talk about a podcast that never happened. We're supposed to have him on, talk about... Uh, the very last Ramones record for its 25th anniversary, Adios Amigos. And, uh, yeah, did not have that goddamn adapter. And then, again, yesterday, and there's been tons of scares. Um, this this started at the very beginning, our very first interview on this podcast, because that was about the time I finally got this phone in, like, January, February. And uh, I remember interviewing Stephen Bradley, or Steve Kravick, and uh, sitting here thinking I had everything set up, everything ready to go, and then realized, oh, this thing doesn't have a headphone jack. And then, thankfully, I remember I had an adapter in my car, so I ran down, grabbed it, and everything. And uh, you know, maybe maybe was like five minutes late to calling him, but you know, like thankfully, crisis averted and stuff there. But I keep having issues, and the latest one was with Steve. Um, the phone call, you know, we we got on fine, we were talking, and then maybe ten minutes in, that stupid adapter, the wires in it, just started screwing up. And it started going out one of the, uh, it was like the right side. So it was like all panned hard left. Like it wasn't coming out through uh, both ends. And it it just, yeah. So I fixed it. I mean, a pretty easy fix. I, I threw an Adobe Audition. I, it's not like I really had to work my magic or anything like that. I mean, I just had to do a couple things. But the entire time, too, I'm talking to him with headphones on. And all I can hear is from one side of my ear. I mean, and then sometimes here's the other messed up thing is sometimes it would come in. So like, like every now and then it would cut back in. So like I would get, you know, he would come into both, you know, both sides of my headphones and it would just start cutting back out again. I can only hear him through my left ear. And after talking to him, uh, 
after like, you know, two hours or whatever, by the time we were done with everything, all said and done, my ears felt weird as hell. Like, you know what I mean? Like I'm, I, I have these headphones on one's basically nothing's coming out of it. And the other one for two hours, I'm just listening out of one ear and, uh, I don't know, did not, did not like it. You know, thankfully, thankfully everything got fixed. It sounds fine when I release it. I don't think you'll really be able to tell that, uh, any of that happened or went down, but, uh, that's, that's your little behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, I hate, I hate those fucking things. Those adapters. I, I fucking hate Apple for taking those things off. I mean, maybe I'm the idiot for owning an iPhone. I probably am. And, uh, I mean, I, I really, it's not a technology podcast, but I'm getting sick of their shit. I, I've liked Apple stuff for a long time. And the last few years have just been like, everything I own is just like, there's just a problem that was never there before. Like on none of the things I own like 10 years ago, like I always look at it too. Like, I mean, obviously a huge, like advancement in technology when it came out, but now you look at it and it's like, so, you know, it's so, we're so far removed from that. But like, I look at those old iPods. Like I go, I look at like my, my iPod video from like 2006. Like that thing ran and ran and ran, never had issues, worked great. And it's like, wouldn't you think that things would only advance in that way? Instead of it went the other way, it's like things shit the bed fat. Like, and I'm talking Apple, but like things are shitting the bed faster. I mean, I, I've had headphones break. These I've went through multiple ones of these adapters that I'm talking about. Um, the computers aren't lasting like they were. Like, you know, the phones are kind of shitty. Like, I and, and then you pay so much goddamn money for them. And uh, yeah, it's it's just I'm sick of it. And I look at it, and I'm like, why why was I able to buy this iPod Video that like never had an issue and ran for like seven or eight years? and just fine. And then it's like, now all it is is issue after issue. And I have to buy more stuff than I ever had to before. And, uh, and actually funny enough, getting back to the music side of all this, uh, my, uh, my example that I'm using that a video iPod, I actually sold to Jason black, the bass player of hot water music back in like, and census fail. I forget. He was also the bass player in census fail for a little while, but, uh, yeah, I sold it to him on Twitter in like 2011 um, I still remember that he, I wasn't even selling it at the time I had at that point, like an iPod touch or whatever the hell I had by 2000. Actually, I had one of the big, I had the biggest gig you could have like 162 or a hundred and maybe 182, I think were the biggest iPod classics ever made. And, uh, I did have that and I just sell, I just sold it last year cause it didn't work anymore. And I, I couldn't figure it out. I had a buddy try to fix it. He couldn't figure it out. So I finally gave up and I'm just like, all right, I, I guess this is the end of an era. But, uh, I was, I was using that up until last year. So up until 2019, I was still using, uh, my uh, iPod classic, my 160 something, 180 something, whatever the hell it was. But, uh, yeah, so I had that, but I remember Jason black was on Twitter. Just like, is anyone selling an iPod? Like I just need an iPod. And, uh, I mean, I had that one sitting around and, and I was just kind of thinking it would kind of be cool to sell it to the bass player. Hot water. Like I got it sitting around. I don't use it. Like at this point I used it four or five years. I'm like, it still works. And I sold it to him and it's, I, I thought that was great. I'm like a huge fan of the guy. And I'm just like, that's so funny to think he owns that. Who knows? I would assume, I gotta, I gotta ask him someday. Maybe one day he'll be on here as a guest, or maybe I'll just go see Hot Water Music live whenever shows come back. And uh, I would love to ask him that. Uh, really, I can't imagine he still has it. My bigger question is how much longer it lasted. I mean, he got it in 2011. I would love to know. 
uh, how, you know, like how much more life he got out of it, you know. But uh, it was cool to see it go to a happy home where it was going to be used. And on top of that, someone who, uh, I mean, the dude who played bass on trusty chords and, I mean, every other. I, I had to be the Joser there <laughs> and pick the biggest Hot Water music song. But, you know, the, the man the man plays bass in quite a legendary band. So I'm like, hell yeah, I got I to gotta sell my iPod to him. And that is what I did. But yeah, I, I would love to. I would love to know how much longer that lasted him. But you're gonna do that now. You can't. Apple shit doesn't last that long. You, it doesn't last long enough where you can use your Apple products for six years and then sell them to the bass player of Hot Water Music. They, they don't do that anymore, and uh, it's quite shitty. And I, I get so angry when, uh, when things like, like that. Like when I was interviewing Steve, and, and I didn't even tell him it was going on during it. I, I just, I just play it because I'm like. There's no need to like it'll just complicate it more if I'm like, hey, there's this fuck up, but it's not really it. Like, you know, so I'm just like, I just left it alone. But like the whole time, I'm just fuming in my head, like, like fuck you, Apple, like whoever. I know it's not Steve Jobs, obviously. I don't, I don't think uh, he took the adapter out, but uh, I mean, th- thankfully he didn't see that happen to his company. <laughs> I guess you know he he didn't live long enough to see it become really really shitty. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Some, some of these things make me, make me start wishing maybe, maybe I should have bought in a zoom as much shit as I gave them when, uh, <laughs> when you're doing an interview and this stupid adapter that you had to pay extra for starts going out and you can't hear your guest out of, out of one of your, uh, you know, one of your sides of your headphones, you start going, maybe, maybe I don't hate zoom so much. Maybe, uh, maybe old Billy Gates had a point there. But, uh, you know, I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's gotten that bad enough yet that, uh, I would, I would be a Zune owner, but, uh, I assume they don't actually, I know they don't make those anymore. I had this conversation like a year ago with a friend and then I had, I had a really big, not a fight. It was a debate because it definitely wasn't a fight. It was a heated, it was a heated debate on, on Zunes versus iPods. And, uh, he was, he was pro Zune. And I was just very much get the fuck out of here. But, you know, that that was before I had an iPhone with no fucking headphone jack. Uh, you know, at, at least all Zunes have those, even even if they're uh, even if they can't make phone calls and they're from 15 years ago at this point. But uh, I still remember those were called the iPod killer before they came out. And uh, they definitely did not kill iPods. I, I would say not in the least. I don't even think they wounded iPods. I don't even think they left a bruise on one of those, you know. It's funny too because when we take it so for granted now with these fun, you know, like like iPods at one point were so huge and just MP3 players in general. And not that long ago really. I mean, it's only been, I mean, I feel like maybe 2000, I mean 2005 is when I got a MP3 player, not an iPod, an MP3 player. And, like, I feel like that was around the era where you would maybe really start seeing everyone have them. You know, like, obviously they came out a few years earlier than that. But I feel like that was around the time where it was becoming more of everyone was starting to have. Like, that that was about the time where everyone had them. It wasn't – it had a few years. You didn't really see Walkmans and stuff. You weren't, you weren't seeing that so much. And uh, that, that was kind of like the point where I think, yeah, it, it became so big. But really, like, not that long ago when you think about it. But at this point, it's like – that's old technology. Like, I mean, that's just, that's like, that's not even an added like thing you have to get on your phone. That just comes with it. Like you basically just, your phone is an MP3 player. Like it's just nothing now, you know, it's insane to think about. 
But uh, yeah, technology screwing up did not make me happy. But in the end, me and uh, me and Steve had a good conversation. I think people enjoy it. And, uh, you know, he, he's a good guy. He's just he's been doing it for so long. And he you know, I like talking to people who's been doing it, who've, who've been doing it for like enough time where we can start talking about things like that. Like I'm always interested in like how things have changed and how they've stayed, how they've stayed the same since people have started. Like that always interests me. I mean, if you listen to the interviews, I feel like I ask that to, you know, a lot of guests who have been doing it for a while, but I just think that's interesting. Like, I think there's certain things that will never change. And then there's others where like, when I was talking to Steven, he was talking about like promoting the new album. And it's just like, he doesn't really know, you know, he's like, I don't really know how, like, he's like, I'm, I've been trying to figure that out because you become a master in your era. Like, I mean, there's times where we talked about this, I think with Bill McShane of ultimate fake book. I think we had a big, we had a big uh, talk about this too, where, you know, really like when you're coming up, you learn how to do that. Like you figure it out, like whether it's flyers, handing out comps, you know, warp tour, whatever, you know, at the line there, like whatever it is, you kind of figure that out. But you know, it doesn't last forever. Like those, those ways just don't last forever. Mediums of how people, you know, consume music, how they find it. I mean, just ways of promotion. It just all changes. You know I mean? Like me and Steve were talking, print publications were still huge back then. Like that was a time of razor cakes and maximum rock and rolls and all that stuff. Like, you know, he comes from the era, like he, and he referenced it, like book your own fucking life, which I've, I've heard about a bunch, you know I mean? Famous. And, you know, it, it's, also a a kind of lost thing you know i mean in a in a way it's become you know i think social media and whatnot you could argue that it's kind of become that but it is interesting to be like like even with things like that we're like we had this now but back in the day we had something comparable to for you know comparable to that and it was this you know and things have just disappeared altogether you know i mean a lot of those publications he was talking about either don't exist now or like digital only like, you know, like there's, you know, there's just not a lot of print magazines anymore. And, uh, I'm always interested in that. You know, I, the music industry is interesting like that. It, it just is ever changing. It's always, I think when you realize that it though, it, it does make it better. Cause I always look at it and go for a while. It seemed like no one had an idea what they were doing kind of, kind of during music piracy, and before music streaming, really. And I mean, don't get me wrong. They didn't know what they were doing. But what I now realize is that no era really does. You know, it wasn't, I kind of looked at it like it was of the time. And it's like, yeah, I mean, there were issues of the t- Like music piracy is obviously of the time. That's not a thing that they dealt with like in the 50s. You know, I mean, there was a time where the biggest thing of music piracy was you recording, you know, a t- like recording the radio or duplicating your tape, you know, like duplicating cassettes and giving them to friends like that, that was like home bootlegging, you know, but I mean, obviously piracy and everything became so big, but like, but I, I was looking at it as like, you know, it's the end of everything and this and that, but it's like, no, that's just kind of every era is kind of navigating it, trying to figure it out. I mean, we're in a streaming era now and who knows where it goes next. You know, the thing that I worry about, and I, I kind of get this from looking at videos, you know, with us, with us going to, like these entities, like we no longer really have things on cable, you know, network television is, is kind of dying and, you know, so much stuff is going to like Netflix or Hulu or Apple TV or like all this or Apple plus or whatever the hell it's called. Like who cares? And, 
you know, like, like I keep seeing this thing about Charlie Brown, how like the Halloween one's not being played on TV this year. It's owned by Apple. And see, that's the thing. We're kind of at a point right now where, well, it's kind of shifting actually. Because for a while there, you could get all this. Like, that's the great thing of streaming. Like, you go on Netflix, they have all these movies, and Amazon has all these movies and that. But when when they start buying the rights to them like that, then when you got rid of your physical goods, see, this is the thing. Like, and I'm even, I even wonder now, because I mean, I've even today, like, I'm still selling off. I just have so many CDs and records that I mean, I, I've just, I've downsized in the past few years of my life. You know, I, I've just wanted less shit around and less possessions. So, you know, and I, I still have a sizable collection. I, I always will, but I just have such a big one that, you know, I still try to kind of shed, a, you know, kind of shave off some of it. And, uh, you know, I still sometimes look and go, you know, if they do that, because I've done it with my movie, you know, DVDs and stuff, too, because I just go like, oh, I'll just watch whatever. Like that movie's probably on Amazon or that movie's just on here. But it's like what happens when companies start buying the rights to these things? And then what happens if those companies go out of business? Like that's the other thing. Like because now now you're getting in these weird places where, you know, you kind of go back to those physical goods. It's like, you know, CDs aren't really worth shit right now. But like. What happens, I guess we don't have to worry so much because, you know, I feel like, you know, labels own so much of it. But it's like if it got to a point where Spotify or Apple Music or one of those started like, oh, we have exclusive rights. And really, there have been some of these like Tidal, I think, did that. Um, I think like a Kanye West record years, a couple of years ago at this point and a bunch of other ones like there's there's been ones where it's like exclusively on here. And I don't I don't know about like I I don't know like if you could get other places or if there were physical albums or whatnot like in that in that example but I mean say there is one of these where it's like it's exclusively on Spotify like no physical goods only on Spotify you can only get on there and then what happens years from now when Spotify is no longer the hottest thing and it does go away and it's just this thing where like I mean and and maybe like a bigger company would buy them up and it would make it available but you get in these weird places where it's weird because we're kind of going back to the MP3 thing, the freedom of the MP3 where you had this player where you didn't need CDs anymore. You could put all, you know, you put all those CDs on your computer and then put it on the MP3 or, you know, the MP3 player, the iPod, and then you have your music library with you. But now we've went even further where now you've gotten rid of that. You don't even have a music lot. Like, you know, like I still have all this stuff, including doing the radio show. I still import all my stuff. I put, I still use iTunes, all my albums in there. Like I don't really stream a lot. I just don't. But there's a lot of people I know who have gotten rid of their album collection, only stream. And, you know, I mean, you already hear people complain where it's like, oh, they take it off for a while. Cause like, you know, it's not, you know, like they took everything off from like a label on Spotify while they're negotiating or whatever. But what if that just gets lost for good? Like, because one entity owns it and then it's just like they go under, you know? I mean, not too different from a lot of, you know, record labels really back in the day, honestly. Like, I see it happening again just digitally. But, you know, where like there's those obscure albums where it's like it was released on this album in the 70s and then the label, you know, folded a couple years later and the album never got pressed again on anything. It's like only available on like eight track or something, you know, and it gets lost in its era. You know, I wonder if that will, it's already kind of happening like that, you know, with Charlie Brown and stuff with like TV shows and movies and stuff. I wonder if that could happen with music. You know, it's kind of interesting to think about. And, and I mean, once again, kind of similar to what labels were at one point. Like I, I would say kind of similar to that maybe, but in a digital era, which is fucked up because 
you feel like you're going, but this is kind of also going back to that idea where the music industry never really stops at one spot. It just doesn't. And uh, it's kind of like that because I look at you look at streaming, and I feel like a lot of other people do too, where you go, it's all on here. Like, this should be the end all be all. Like, you have this app, and it has everything you could imagine on it, like anything you want to listen to. But then money, like with anything else, money gets involved. Now there's multiple, you know, street, which really now is like now you're you're just kind of like it's no longer this one thing. It's like now everyone's a part of it. So it's not available on everything. This thing's on this one and this one's on this one. And now you're splitting it up and stuff. And the availability starts to get, you know, a little further away. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I could see that. I could see that being being bad. But, you know. Like on paper, it looks good because, yeah, like all, all this stuff, like everything you want is here in one place. You don't need to have a big bulky collection. You don't have to go out and buy everything. But I wonder if it's going to bite us in the ass at some point because whatever's going to take over next, are we going to be in a wake where, well, I got rid of all my physical goods and now it's no longer on here and now you have to go rebuy them again. And knowing the music industry and the film industry and the TV and all that, of course they do. They want you to go rebuy it again. It's the same way where... People have rebought their favorite Led Zeppelin record five times and maybe even more. They probably probably had it on eight track or vinyl, then got it on cassette, then got it on CD, then got it digit, you know, then got the MP3, then bought it on vinyl again a few, you know, on like record store day. Like they, that's what they do. They resell you the record over and over again. I mean, in another way too, I mean, speaking of, you know, like on the bonus episode, my review of Please to Meet Me, I mean, I've bought that record quite a few times. Now, less in a way though, like not so much that where I had to, not in the format way where people are like, well, you know, this this Metallica cassette no longer, like I if I want to listen to this in my car, I no longer cassette, you know, I, not so much in that sense, you know, where like they make a format obsolete, but you know, still that's, that's what they want you to do. They, they do resell you albums a lot. Like it, it is interesting when you start thinking about it. It's like they're some labels are very good at that. Like making you buy an album more than once in your life, you know? And, and I don't know, I guess, I mean, good job on their part. I mean, it sucks for us, a consumer, but I guess good job on their part for fooling us to keep rebuying shit. You know, that, that's how I look at it with the streaming thing, to be honest. And, uh, you know, I, I do because I just, it won't stop here. So it's like, if you get rid of all your, you know, physical shit and you only rely on like Spotify, like you're going to go rebuy things. Like whatever we go to next, you're going to be like, there were, there was a stretch of five years in your life where you didn't buy anything. You just streamed all of it. And then when that's gone, all of a sudden there's going to be like, well, I want to listen to this album. Well, now streaming's gone and you have to buy it again in whatever format it is. I guarantee you that's going to happen at some, I don't know when, but that is going to happen at some point. I, I can just see it. I can, I can see it now. You know, I really, I, and it was a short interview. I, I should put it up here and I will one day for a throwback episode, but Stephen Jenkins of third eye blind, I got to interview him back in 2017 for the uh, 20th anniversary of their self-titled album. And I just remember talking to him. Like, like I said, you know, I like talking to people who've been doing it for a long time. And I was asking him about like the different, like, is it better or worse now? You know, like sure. Major labels aren't like the gatekeepers and stuff that they once were. And there's, you know, much easier access, you know, to releasing music and whatnot. But is it better than it was back then? You know, also coming from someone who sold a goddamn ton of records and, you know, 
did well on a major label. You know, Third Eye Blind definitely wasn't one of those bands who got signed to a major, had no sales and got fucked over. You know, I mean, I, I don't know. Maybe they got fucked over by the majors. But, I mean, they definitely sold records and did good. You know, I mean, people people wanted them on their on their uh, label and whatnot. But, you know, what he talked about was that. I mean, he also said it, it's hard to say if it's good or bad. I mean, there's there's things that have improved. There's things that haven't. But one of those things that he said and really was probably one of the first times made me start thinking about that was just that, yeah, it, it never stops. We're never at a place that's that's just it. You know, like like in 1997 when Third Eye Blind put out their first record, like that wasn't the end-all be-all. And then it changed again by the time they put out their next, next record. I mean, shit changed in two or three years by then and then so on and so forth. I mean, to now to this day where, I mean – you know, talking talking to a guy who was in a ma- on a you know a band in a major label on a major label that sold millions of records, and I think just last year they put out an EP that they self released. They've self released the last few albums. Um, even actually, when I interviewed them, they ended up putting out a live album uh, of that of the tour they went on where they played the album, and uh, that came out on his own label. So I mean, like you know, just self-releasing shit and stuff. Like it just it it changes, you know. And the, and that's someone who saw it, you know, going from someone who had you know from having this huge backing from a label to doing it yourself, you know. And it, it who knows? I mean, maybe label and label labels have come back, just not to the you know. I don't know that major labels ever come back to the way they were. I mean, they're obviously, but at the same time, though, when I say that, I think I also come from a from a point of like you know like punk bands and whatnot where like they're not on majors now because to be honest major labels do still there's not as many of them but they do still have quite a bit of power like the biggest artists in the world like pop if we're talking like pop music and stuff are still on major labels like that really hasn't changed so much like there are like recording and stuff i know there there's artists and stuff who like you know can like have won grammys and shit doing lo-fi stuff and like you know not being in a multi-million dollar studio and some being self-released and stuff. But overall, I mean, if we're still talking majority of, you know, pop music, what's on top 40 radio, commercial radio, all that still, I mean, is, is in the major label family. I mean, it just is, you know I mean? Punk bands don't make the money they did in the nineties and, you know, you no longer see them on there. Like it would be wild to see, you know, like like Jimmy Eat World is still on a major label, but I don't know that a Jimmy Eat World would get signed to a major label if they tried getting signed today. Like if they tried starting today, you know, and, and I mean, there's just so many others. I mean, and that's and that's really I mean, Jimmy Eat World's a more mild version of that. I mean, go back to the 90s, look at some of the punk bands who were like really punk bands who are on major labels. You go, they would net like imagine one of them being on a major label now. Like there's so many bands who were where it's just like. I can't imagine them getting, you know, getting put on a major at this point. Like you look back now and you're like, what were they, you know, maybe at the time it made sense, but you look back now and you're like, what the hell were they thinking? But, uh, but yeah, so lots of good music that came out this month and uh, I got a little list here and I'm going to play you some stuff, but tons of good stuff. One of, one of, uh, I mean, I've said it on here quite a bit, but get dead, uh, dancing with the curse. I've been anticipating this one for years now since our last record, in 2013, and is not disappointed. Definitely a great one. Go check that out on Fat Records. Touche Amore came out with Lament, and I can't believe they're another one. I, I can't believe they've been around as long as they have because I still think of them as a new band, and they're just not. They're they've been around well over a decade plus now, and have released like multiple full lengths, so many splits and EPs. 
but you know I still think of them as like a new young band and they're you know they're, they're really not but uh yeah go check out Lament Shower with Goats my buddy Steven Erotic who's going to be on next week that is going to be our interview uh the album this is not a reflection they recorded this 11 years ago just got released this month let's go check that out Sn- John Snodgrass with his buddies just put out Taste um, we're going to play something off there for you in a little bit. Direct Hit has a new demo out. Have you seen it? Go check that out. Uh, they did not announce like a release date or anything for an album, but I assume this is kind of a tease towards we're going to get more mu- new music from them soon. So that's exciting. Mad Caddies put out House on Fire. The Menzingers put out From Exile is a reimagined version of last year's Hello Exile. Pretty neat. You should go check that out. Laura Jane Grace hit us with a surprise release earlier this month with Stay Alive, one of my favorites of the month. I'll play something off that here in a minute. Bad Religion put a new single out, What Are We Standing For? Obviously, The Replacements, Pleased to Meet Me box set. You've heard me talk about that a whole lot. That is out. Definitely go check that out. Less Than Jake put out their first single for their upcoming record, Silver Linings. The first song off of it is called Lie to Me. Also, Pup put out This Place Sucks Ass, a brand new EP from Pup. The Mountain Goats put out Getting Into Knives. The Wonder Years put out a new single called Breakless. And Scott Sellers, who, I mean, just just does not stop. I've been talking about him all year, how much music he's been releasing. And he just did it again, another full-length album. This is like, I don't know, and not just EPs. Full-length album is like probably number three of the year for him. Scott Sellers, Beneath the Surface. And uh, a new single from I Am the Avalanche, first one in quite a while. It is You're No Good to Me Dead. Go check that out. We should get some more new stuff from them very soon. And uh, we're going to get into that new music right now. We'll kick it off right now with one from John Snodgrass. Here's Renaissance Man on the October rundown of the Power Chord Hour. He's a Renaissance Man and he's doing what he can.
motion, run a host of motion Doesn't matter where you go This apocalyptic, yeah, it's survival of the fittest Cross finish line, cross finish line Promise of your paradise How can I convince you to leave? Something we can't get where we're going How can I convince you to leave? Something we can't get where we're going Something we can't get where we're going Something we can't get where we're going Hey, this is Roger from Less Than Jake, and you're listening to The Power Chord Hour. Nice. This is our new song. It's called Lie to Me. It's on our new record, and it comes out on December 11th. Check it out.
This is Chelsea from Stress Dolls, and you are tuned into the Power Chord Hour. Here on the October Rundown episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. That was a replacement with a demo of IOU featuring Bob Stinson. That came out for the first time this month on the Please to Meet Me box set recorded back in 1987. But, I mean, unless you knew the band or somehow had access to those tapes, that shit is brand new to this month for us. Before that was Less Than Jake with Lie to Me, their first single off their upcoming record, Silver Linings. And uh, shout-out to Roger for doing that little liner for us there. I, I, that, was, that was huge for me. I mean, he, he and Mike Carrera 
are the two reasons that I play a Ernie Ball Stingray. Uh, huge, huge influence on me as a bass player. And I mean, I just, I fucking love Less Than Jake. Huge uh, band for me for years now. So uh, very rad that he did that for us. And I'm excited to hear the rest of the uh, new Less Than Jake record. Going to be the first one without Vinny on drums. And uh, I, I, st- I think they're going to do good. It's going to be, I think it's going to be tough. That that dude wrote so many of their lyrics, was such an amazing songwriter. But uh, so far, what I've heard off Silver Linings, it seems like they're going to do just fine. And uh, that is going to be awesome to hear. I'm very excited for it. Before that was Laura Jane Grace with Please Leave off her new one, Stay Alive. That was a surprise release recorded by Steve Albini. So pretty damn rad. Go check that out. And opening up that block of music was a new one from John Snodgrass. That one was Renaissance Man. That is some new music for you for the month. I'm going to have to do a little uh, Spotify playlist from now on, I think. And at the end of these, kind of to go with these episodes, um, you know, just like songs throughout all those albums that I mentioned earlier to kind of, you know, there's just such a big rundown sometimes where it's like I tell you to listen to 20 different things that uh, you probably forget a few of them, which uh, I don't blame you. So, yeah, maybe I'll start doing a little Spotify playlist on there at the end of the month and I'll do one for this and uh, put put a little something out of uh, all those for you to check out. But yeah, before we uh, close things out here, I got some uh, music news for you to end our October rundown for the month. Uh, After being canceled this year due to COVID, obviously, (laughs) you know, the Fest has announced a Halloween live stream on their Facebook page as well as Twitch. The Fest That Never Was is going to feature a huge Fest-like lineup for the event, including Get Married, John Snodgrass, Dog Party, American Television, Frank Turner, Sam Russo, Warriors, This Casket Lottery, Make War, Tight Wire, and many, many more. I mean, it it is really like a a festival lineup. I mean, it is absolutely stacked. I mean, there are tons more bands. There had to be like 50 bands on that poster when I was looking at it. So that's like just a quick little summary of some of the bands playing. It's going to be huge, and uh, that'll be really cool. That is one of those festivals I've never been to, and I've always wanted to. It's it's always been a dream, and uh, there were a few years I thought about it, and then financially it was like I had time to, like I would have been able to, like I had the free time but did not have the money. And uh, it, it just never, it never seemed to line up time or or money, you know, one or one or the other. But uh, I mean, I guess it's not to say it's not like it's over. It'll be back next year. But uh, that that is one I still have to make is my pilgrimage down to uh, Gainesville to uh, fest one of these years. I mean, it, it's one of the it's one of the best festivals out there. Like those lineups. There's been a few years of fest lineups that are just like if we're talking about like bands of the scene. You know, that whole like, you know, the bands that normally play fest, that whole kind of side of punk and pop punk. Like there's been a few years where it's just like it was insane. The who's who that uh, has played it, you know, but but every year they always outdo it. And I mean, even even being a live stream, um, really, really cool. There's going to be tons of bands. So, I mean, I, I would definitely say go support that. And I always like it, too, at the fest, because I feel like it's curated in a way where even bands that you don't know, like. There's such a quality control, and I feel like if you like most of the bands on there, you'll like all, you know, like like that. Like, if you like most of the bands that I named on there, like, you'll probably like a bunch of other bands, too. Like, that's a safe one to be like, you can listen to bands you've never heard, and you know it's going to be good. You know, sometimes you go to a festival and you just don't know, you know, or it's like, not even not even saying this in a bad way, but if it's a, like the Warp Tour was pretty like at one time it wasn't as eclectic like in the sense of where like you'd probably go in and you'd probably be a fan of most of the bands, but by the end of it, 
you know, I think no matter what you liked at Warped Tour, you definitely didn't like everything that was in it. So you don't, you know, it, it you're not guaranteed that you're going to like every single thing you see at Warped Tour. Whereas Fest, I feel like you could go in, check out any band, and they're probably going to be up your alley and, you know, something something that you'll like. So, I mean, I'm, I'm excited for that. That's cool that even though they can't do it this year, they're still doing something special. So, you know, definitely make sure you check that out. Got a new music video, Newfound Glory, have released a new one. Very fitting for the season for their song Scarier Than Jason Voorhees at a Campfire. I feel like they've been I feel like they've been sitting on this. They had to have known since writing that. Like we will release that as a single in October, as well as a music video. I mean, it's it just it's perfect. And uh, the track comes from the band's latest record, Forever and Ever Times Infinity. And uh, that one came out over the summer on Hopeless Records. I've talked about it on here. Newfound Glory is a band that, you know, I, I love Newfound Glory, but they did me wrong for a couple albums. Did not did not love a few records there. Um, you know, for many, you know, the songs weren't weren't as great, the lyrics weren't as great. The whole one guitar thing, I mean, I don't care that you don't add a second guitarist, but at least in the studio, layer a few guitars on there. Like, you know what I mean? Like live, if you're not gonna do it, I mean I think it's kind of silly, but whatever. But at least in the studio, add that. This new one outdid themselves in every way. I mean, the songs are super catchy. Definitely a, a not even I don't even want to call it old school because like an old school newfound glory vibe because that's not doing it justice. It just sounds like a newfound glory record. Like they've they they've made a record that you just put it on and there's just songs and you're just like that's like Himalaya is a good one of those where it's one of their fastest songs I think they've ever like written and you just listen to it, it's like it's just quintessential classic newfound glory. So, uh, you know, very, very good, including one that I'll be honest, I did not have high expectations for even, even the first song, the first couple songs I heard off of it. I, uh, you know, I, I think the first one was greatest of all time was maybe the uh, first one on there that they released. And like, it was okay, but I was like, well, you know, like it, it was just whatever, like, and then I listened to it more and then I started listening to the record and it was the same thing. The first time I listened to the record, I'm like, it's all right. I don't love it, but I liked it enough where I was going to listen to it more. You know, it's newfound glory. I'm like, all right, I'll give it another listen. And then by like the second or third listen, I, I was pretty into it. And now, now I do. I, I listen to that record quite a bit and uh, have really enjoyed it. And I've, I've said time and time again too. I mean, it's it's a great summer record. Um, you know, th- this song's good for the fall. And I, I just played "Stay a While" on the radio show last week, and I was saying on there, I'm like, it's funny because that's a it's a really good summer record. But "Stay a While" is another one. I'm like, kind of a fall vibe to that. You know, there, there's something about that song that uh, kind of has that. But uh, I love the record. Probably will be in my top ten favorite albums of the year. Like when I when I go make that list, I see that being in there. It's uh it's pretty good. It grew on me after a few listens. And I mean, if you're like me, I mean, I just didn't like the last two Newfound Glory records. They weren't great. I like Resurrection though more than makes me sick. Resurrection at least had a few songs that I did like on it. I just makes me sick. Just I I didn't like anything off of it. And you know whatever. I mean, they experiment from time to time, and you know that that's fine. But, uh, you know, if you weren't into the last few things like me, I would and you haven't checked this out yet. I mean, definitely go listen to that album, you know, and check out this video. It's hilarious. And they've they've always been the masters at that. I mean, they really when you look at their music videos throughout the years, they've always been some of the best. They really they really have some of the funniest music videos. I mean, I I, I got into them for through Catalyst. And I mean, I, I still remember watching Failures, Not Flattering music video and all downhill from here. Uh, both of those just being, you know, just just huge, like just probably a big part of why I like them so much. You know, the visual of it with the music 
just got me into it, you know, and uh, they did it again. They, they still, even in, even in an era where you really don't get actual produced music videos or like anything that's not like live footage. I like that they, that they're still doing music videos and they're uh, still pretty damn funny. So go check out that music video. Check out the album. If you haven't Billy Joe Armstrong of green day is going to be releasing an album of covers called no fun Mondays. They'll be coming out on November 27th. And the album is a collection of songs that Billy has been doing all year as part of his no fun Mondays series. Um, throughout the year, he's just been doing different covers and put them up. And this is kind of like all of them in one place. And uh, covers include Johnny Thunders, Billy Bragg, Kim Wilde, The Avengers, uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, and a whole lot more. Uh, pretty neat. I mean, I also like pretty eclectic, too, with uh, who he covered. He did a really good job at, like, you know, picking different uh, genres and different artists and stuff. He, uh, you know, he, he he did a good job on that. But they're always... They're always pretty good with covers. I mean, even even Green Day, I don't feel like do tons and tons of covers. Like, I mean, famously live, you know, they do like knowledge, but like he was doing the uh, he was doing all those those uh, shows doing cover songs and stuff with some of the other dudes in Green Day, and uh, just really good at them, you know, and pulling out some really good like heartbreakers and replacements, and I think maybe even like Stooges and stuff, like just some of those classic like original kind of like power pop college rock proto punk like that really good stuff that that i love that i play tons on here and uh it's always cool to hear because that's like people forget that me and me and uh kyle were talking about this on the or i was kind of talking about on the insomniac one but like how there's times you listen to green day and you hear where billy joe wants to be paul westerberg and like that's the thing is like green day is so goddamn big that most people just think you know like oh they're legends and that but like if you talk to them what i like about them is they i think still give a shit about those artists who quite frankly green day's overshadowed in every way i mean has become more successful million times over yet still i think has love and admiration for all those artists and bands that you know influence them coming up like i would love like if i ever got a chance to talk to billy joe armstrong I would love to interview him about being, you know, getting to play guitar in the replacements on their reunion tour because, like, to me, that that's a dude who, like, I know how much he loves the replacements. I go, like, he would probably, like, he would probably say it was like one of the like biggest accomplishments accomplishments of his of his career. I don't put words in his mouth, but I mean, he seems like a dude who would probably feel that way. Like he really, it's not it's not about like, oh, I played, you know, arenas this and that. I mean. He plays bigger shows of Green Day, but you got to play guitar with the replacements on their reunion tour. Like, how amazing is that? You know, I, I would love to talk to him about that. But I, th- I think it's neat, too, because he also, obviously, being so huge, I mean, Green Day's, like, one of the, I mean, whether or not you still consider him punk or not is even kind of, it, it's really mute anyways. I mean, as far as the genre goes, they're, like, still the biggest band in punk like whether or not you want to call them punk they just are like there's people who don't know punk who they, who that's that is like that's punk to them and uh you know but what i'm saying is having having a platform that big and just being that big of a person in the scene and having the you know ha- having the reach that he does to cover a lot of those bands and to kind of expose you know a lot of fans because obviously there there's fans who know that stuff, but also like there's a lot of younger fans who probably don't know Johnny Thunders or their placements and stuff. And, uh, you know, it's kind of neat that it's another way of uh, getting it out there, you know, and I, I think he, uh, he does that quite a bit, which I think is very cool. So I'll have to listen to that. I heard some of his covers that he did, but I didn't follow, 
um, the thing the whole time. So I'll have to check this out when it comes out in November. Um, maybe play some stuff on here. You know, I, I heard the Johnny Thunders cover and I think Manic Monday and like one of the other ones. But I mean, I think there's like 14 songs on this album. So I've definitely missed some. So I have to check that out. But that is a little music news for you. And that is our October rundown episode of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Give us a follow online at Power Chord Hour on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We're on YouTube. We're on Spotify, putting up a bunch of playlists there. I'm going to make one for this. I promise you now I'm going to do a uh, October rundown playlist, and it will be uh, a playlist of just songs from all those artists that I mentioned earlier that uh, put new stuff out this month. And I also put all the stuff I play on the radio show on there. Tons of playlists. Go check that out. The radio show, we're going to be doing our Halloween episode. If you're listening to this this week that it comes out, um, on it's going to be Friday, October 30th, our Halloween episode for the year, playing tons of Misfits, Alkaline Trio, AFI, My Chemical Romance. Um, I, I'm still getting the playlist together. Tons and tons more, but uh, I, it's good. I swear I know it just sounds like I was naming off. Uh, all the bands on a goth teen's iPod or Zune maybe, but uh, it is it is our Halloween episode, and uh, you know it is kind of like a goth teenager honestly in in the form of a radio show. It's a goth teenager in the form of a radio show. So uh, check that out if you want on uh, 107.9 WRFA in Jamestown, New York. If you don't live in Jamestown, you probably don't. Um, you can listen from anywhere in the world. Shout out too if you're listening to this from India. Now our second most downloaded in country. Um, you know, if in your if you're in India and you want to listen, wrfalp.com, and you can stream the station there. And uh, we'll be on 10 Eastern to midnight. You'll have to figure out what that time zone would be wherever you're from if you're not in uh, Eastern Standard Time. But uh, yeah, you can stream the station. I'll be playing for two hours, a bunch of Halloween punk rock hits and uh, talking and whatnot, and just having fun on there. So check that out this week if you want. And every Friday night we have new ones. So uh, yeah. So that is going to be it. Also, rate and review us on iTunes. And if you send us a screenshot, I'll send you a free Power Chord Hour t-shirt and some pics and uh, probably a big old thank you letter. So, uh, so yeah, do that if you would. I, I would appreciate it if we got more uh, likes and – or not likes, um, more uh, rates and reviews on uh, iTunes. I would appreciate that. That helps out the show a lot. But as our October rundown, I'll be back next week with my interview with Steve Neurotic of Shower with Goats. It is going to be a good one, so get ready for it. But until then, for the Power Court Hour, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thanks for listening.